This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. So tiny bit of a backstory here. Vanessa Marin, a sex therapist, and her husband, Xander Marin, stopped by to talk about their New York Times best-selling book, Sex Talks, Five Conversations That Will Transform Your Love Life. So we started talking about their viral coin term, the bristle reaction. And this is the name that we came up with for that feeling you get when your partner just comes in to touch you or maybe give you a hug, and you feel your whole body recoil. And you don't fully understand it in the moment. It's sort of like, God, why is just this simple touch from this person that I'm supposed to love the most in the world, why is it evoking such a strong reaction for me? So we're having a lovely enough conversation and then I just throw it out there and ask them, what phase are you guys at in your marriage right now? We are, so the phase that we're in right now is um, we very recently like kind of finalized the decision that we're not gonna have kids. Um, is something that thank yeah. you. Congratulations. <laughs> You're the first person to say that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, a decision that we've been thinking about for like over a decade now and kind of like kept kicking the can down the road. Like we'll keep talking about it. Um, but Xander just got a vasectomy last month. Two months I did. Ago. Congrats. So Jared's vasectomy uh, up too. Uh, <laughs> it's great. I'm super, super pro vasectomy. <laughs> so that, yeah, that. That chapter has finally closed, which has been a really interesting um, thing for us. Like we both went into this relationship thinking we were going to have kids. Yo, why didn't we talk about this? Yeah, <laughs> let's talk about we're it. We're at minute forty-two yeah. right now. <laughs> so that right there is what we'll be talking about on this episode of Lovers and Friends. Lovers and Friends. I'ma take you on a trip, baby. I don't pretend. I say, Lovers and Friends. Uh, I'ma hold you down, down to the end. I say. Hi there, lovers and friends. My name is Shamboudram. I'm a public-facing sex and relationship expert with over 15 years in the game. I have an educational background in psychology, just completed my master's, whoop, whoop. I also have studied sexology and journalism. On a personal note, I am married with two children, one whom just turned three and the other who is 15 months old. And I'll say all this with the backdrop that I'll actually spin the camera and show you I'm looking at right now because this is my childless alter life. I am currently in Turks and Caicos for a job, and although they gave me the option to bring my family, Jared couldn't come because of work responsibilities, and then coming by myself with the two kids knowing that I would have to work some days just wasn't feasible, and I acknowledged probably yesterday that this is pretty much exactly what my life would look like if I didn't have kids. I would have inevitably moved to an island. I love Caribbean culture, period. Probably not Turks and Caicos. It's a different conversation for a different day, but it's definitely lovely to visit. For a very long time, I was choosing to be child-free. And when I got married, I got married with the intention that we would continue to be child-free. I kind of balk at that because it wasn't as if it was something that we aligned on in terms of a value, like we're not gonna have kids, but rather we are both very enthusiastic about a life that was child-free and we're in agreement that that could be something that we lived out for the rest of our days together. 
So because of that, you know, I gained support from a lot of people who were in a similar space. And in some cases, I became an example to others who felt similarly, who felt like this decision may not be for them. And then your girl went ahead and had a change of heart um, about a year into being married, I think, actually. It just really switched for me. And I talk about that switch in this episode, but there was some pain that came with that because it felt like I was letting people down. Strange, yeah. And so now I sit here as somebody who has two children and a very full lifestyle because of it, um, feeling really great about that decision while also acknowledging that on the other side, that's also a great decision. And so when I had the opportunity to amplify that through an expert, whom had all the societal pressures and all the good reasons to have children with her loving partner, um, but the two of them still decided not to. And I thought that was an incredibly fascinating story to tell and one that I'm so proud to host here on Lovers and Friends, a podcast. And regardless of how you feel on the topic, I think you'll get a lot out of this conversation as I did. So with that very rambly intro uh let's get into it as i mentioned vanessa is here to promote i think vanessa and xander um both authored a book that's called sex talks that is what they're here to promote so show some love to that they also have tons of courses and resources on their website and all of that can be found in the show notes what you'll also find in the show notes is more information on our sponsors and this episode we have three sponsors and the first one is a holiday favorite of mine which is hello fresh imagine this you can actually save time and money and cook delicious meals this holiday season that are pre-proportioned delivered to your door cut down on waste help to support the environment keep the family happy and make you feel like a pro in the kitchen Need I say more? Sure, I will. Sign up for HelloFresh and choose your recipes. Select a delivery date and relax knowing dinner is on the way. They have over 45 weekly recipes and more than 100 seasonal add-ons to choose from every week. So it's easier than ever to find something everybody will enjoy. And that has been a conundrum for me to say the least in cooking foods that I want as somebody who's health conscious, Jared, who's texture conscious, Ryu, who's just conscious period and Zaya who I'm just gonna say it she's the best eater in the family but as much as we disagree on our food needs we all agree on HelloFresh it is bomb making together time fun and if you have yet to try HelloFresh let me sweeten the pot for you when you go to hellofresh.com slash lovers free you are signing yourself up for free breakfast for life. That is one free breakfast item while your subscription is active. Again, in addition to having dinners, they have the HelloFresh Marketplace where you can choose easy breakfasts, quick lunches, snacks, meaning everything you need in one box, including your free breakfast item for life. Again, that is at hellofresh.com slash lovers free using the code lovers free. And we got married young. We were 26 and 27. And so the conversation was like, yeah, we'll be married for a few years and then maybe around when we're 30 or something. And so as we got close to that time, we just didn't really feel like the desire for it. And so we kept kicking the can down the road and kept checking in about it. Um, And really what came up for us is like that desire for kids never really emerged. Um, And I just kept coming – that question really – grounded me because it was really hard to like this whole time I'd pictured my life looking very different but I just kept coming back to that question of like do I want a child because I really feel like children deserve to have parents who wanted them 
Like I would want to be able to look at my kid and just like, I know if we were to have a kid today, I know I would love it. I know I'd be a great parent. It's not about that. But like just being able to look at my kid and say like, your mom wanted you so bad. Like I wanted you so badly. And I just, I never felt like I could get to that point. Yeah, but it's it's really hard to separate like the want from the shoulds, mm. you know, like, Amen. and oh, yeah. I, you know, I think that was, that was the journey for so long. It was, you know, once we started at least just considering the possibility of, oh, well, what if we didn't, then you hear that other voice, all the shoulds and, you know, the family and society and friends. And yeah, I mean, like, we still hear that all the time, mm -hmm. you know, not, not from family and friends anymore, but, you know, from Instagram and all that stuff. And it's just, yeah, it's hard to separate that. And, you know, I think for me, it's just been, it's been a really positive practice in kind of killing off the people pleaser in me. And like, yeah, like, why, why would I make a huge life altering decision like that for somebody who isn't me and somebody who isn't my wife? You know, that's, so uh, yeah, that's 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 the work right there. I think so many of us just get caught up in that, that you know, kind of that back and forth between the want and the should. I have to ask more questions, and they're going to feel prying, but goddamn it! Oh, go it's for it! It's so yeah. rare to have people who sit joyfully in this space, and um, I say congratulations because for me, having my second kid, which my second was a mistake. Um, hey, it happens, but a joyful mistake, mm -hmm. of course. But she's a perfect baby, although nonetheless. But nonetheless, when we had my first kid, I thought that that would be the period, but it wasn't. It was still the question mark of when are you going to, when are you going to, mm -hmm. when's the next one, when's the next one. Yeah. And so when the second came, I got to put a period on a question that has been asked my entire life. From the time that I was five years old, right? Yeah. Like, do you want to be a mommy? Are you going to be a mommy? Is this your baby? How many babies? And da-da-da-da-da, babies. Mm -hmm. and get, it's the question mark. It's just open. And so when you yeah. can put a period or an exclamation point on that and just close that, the peace that I felt. And so I am so joyful for that peace for you. Like, Thank you. that's it, baby. This is the answer. Thank you. Next conversation, <laughs> bitch. Um, no, it's very refreshing to hear that reaction because the... I mean, 99.9% .9 of the time the reaction's like, oh, <laughs> like kind of, <laughs> oh, what's wrong with you? Or it's a, like a, like a, oh, you can't have them, right? You know, which is very is prying in a different sort of way. But yeah, it's, I think it's, we really like talking about this openly because I think it's very important to normalize. Like everybody's unique. We all have different journeys and like, it's okay to choose not to have kids and it's okay to be unsure about kids too. And like just sitting in that space, like I think regardless of if you decide to have kids or not, everybody should really ask themselves like, is this something I want or is this something like Xander was saying that I've just felt my entire life that I'm supposed to do? It's it's the same, it's the same kind of thing with, you know, with something like monogamy, I think. Like we yeah. all assume that, oh, monogamy is the default. We assume that having kids is the default, but why should we make that assumption? Like I, I feel like, you know, we we decided a couple of years into our relationship, like, hey, we never, we never decided on monogamy specifically, like, are we opting into this or not? And we talked about it a lot and we did both decide to opt in to monogamy. But like before that, I never thought about that question before. Like, well, is it an option? It's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is that an option? And I think it's the same with kids. And it's, you know, it's also kind of, you know, a similar thing, which I'm sure you can relate with is like kind of alt alternate work <laughs> arrangements, 
right? Like, you know, for so long, people would ask me like, oh, are you going to like go back and get a real job <laughs> sometime soon? And it's like, no, I, I have a very real job. He's that, a regular dude. It's account. a very yeah, important job. I, I, I have a very real job that <laughs> does a lot better than the other real job that I used to have. <laughs> but, you know, it, we just assume that it's supposed to look a certain way. And I think it's so freeing to be able to question those assumptions. And then, like you said, make that decision. It's so freeing mm -hmm. and gives you so much peace. And you're like, ah, oh, yes, this is what I really want. This is not like, this is not what I'm doing because it's expected of me. All right. What's the reason why? Why did you look at that life and say, I'm good? Yeah. I mean, we, so it really just came down to that question of like, do I feel the active desire for a kid? And I never felt that desire. I could picture a really beautiful life with kids. And there are so many aspects of having kids that like I'm very curious about. Like, I, of course, I want to know, like, how does our DNA mix? And what does like a little mix of us look like? Um, and being able to like have those milestone moments with kids. Like, I'm very curious about that kind of stuff. But I just and that's what made the decision so hard. It's like I'm, I can picture this life. I can picture so much love and beauty and just amazing experiences. But I kept coming down to like, do I, but do I want it? Do I actually want to have a kid? And that was just something that for me, the answer just kept being no. Like, I'm really happy with our life. I feel fulfillment. I feel like happiness. I feel peace. And it just felt like I don't need anything else in my life. Yeah, I felt really similarly. Like, I just, I, I love the relationship that Vanessa and I have. We have so much fun. We do so many cool and interesting things. I wasn't feeling like there was anything missing from that equation. And also, I think, you know, thanks to you being a therapist, being a sex therapist, we have so many friends that are just so honest with us about their own experience and their own struggles. And so from very early on, before we were even considering, you know, whether or not to have kids, we did start having friends who were having kids. And we got some really honest, and feedback from them about what it was like for them and you know just the challenges that aren't talked about super openly and the ways that it impacts your relationship and you know that kind of gave me a different lens to look at it through of like oh like I didn't I never realized that having kids would change the way that my relationship with my wife looks like. I think parents are not set up for success. It's like there just are not enough open conversations about what parenting is really like. And I think if people were to start talking more openly about it, like even if you decide to have kids still to like go into it m with a better understanding of like, what is this going to look like? And how is it going to shift my relationship with myself, with my body, with my partner, with my community? Like, I just think those conversations are so needed. And yeah, I'm glad we had friends who were open with us. It wasn't a decision of like, oh, well, now I'm scared and I don't want to do that. But I think just being able to have that additional information to be thinking about and, yeah, to keep coming back to that question of, like, is there an active desire there? I want to really um, focus on the don't word. But before we do that, can you share some of the things that you had the benefit of hearing about through your work that you're like, people should consider this? Yeah, I mean, I think a huge one is just the massive shift in identity and role. Like to go from the two of you just being a partnership, a couple, to now your parents on top of that. I think, you know, most couples that we talk to just tell us they were not prepared for that. And with also like the differences in what you're able to do. Like you can have, in a male-female partnership, like you can have the most, you know, devoted, involved father. But for those, especially those early years, like, you cannot do 50-50. You cannot split it up. 
And a lot of people in our community and a lot of friends of ours, um, a lot of women were sharing like, there is so much resentment that comes up around like, you can't carry the baby. You can't birth the baby. You can't breastfeed the baby. Like you can't control the baby's preferences either. Yeah, absolutely. So I think a lot of people just felt, I felt totally unprepared for how much resentment was going to come up. So actually one of my favorite book recommendations, we both read it even though we're not going to have kids, but it was how to not hate your husband after kids. <laughs> and I'm like, what a perfect title for a book. It's a great book. Definitely yeah, recommend it. That should be required reading before be. you have kids. Yeah, it's it really such a good be. book. Um, the don't word was fascinating to me because you're not using the don't word. So rather than saying we don't want to have kids, you're saying we didn't have a drive to have kids. Mm -hmm. And can you explain the difference to me? Because many people don't want to bring children into this world, given the state of the world. They yeah. don't want to sacrifice their work. They don't want to put a strain on their relationship. But I love the fact that you're not using that word. Is that purposeful? Yeah. Yeah, it is. I, you know, one of the big misconceptions that people have about couples who choose to be child free, and that's another like word that I'm really specific about using, is there's this assumption that, that we hate kids, you know, and it's like, ooh, kids, yeah. oh, gross. Or you hate the world and don't want to bring kids into it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that could not be further from the truth. I love kids. I really love kids, and that's a huge sadness that comes up for me when I think about not having my own. Um, but it's yeah, it's not a like. Ooh, that that's gross. I don't want that. You know, it's just it's important to me to be able to to share that truth and yeah, to put it in more positive mm -hmm. language rather than like, yeah, ugh, keep that away from me. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to agree with you. Like it's yeah, there's it the, yeah, don't worry, it does feel really negative. Mm -hmm. Like, ooh, that's something I don't want. It's not it's just it's something that, yeah, the desire never came to me. And every now and then, you know, when I am when I am with friends who have kids and I have a particularly sweet moment with one of their kids, you know, there's that feeling of like, ah, oh, I see what this is about. This is so nice. And, you know, I get, I get to really enjoy that. And I feel like if I was like a, if I was like, a, oh, I don't want to have kids person, then it's like, you kind of close yourself off to those moments, mm -hmm. you know, you get to have with, you know, other people's kids of, you know, it's like, yeah, I, I get to, I get to enjoy the and of it. Like, this is really nice. Mm -hmm. This is so nice. I love feeling this love from this kid that, you know, seeing their curiosity. And I also, you know, have this life that I chose that doesn't include my own kids. I love that. I think it's um, why that resonates with me, too, is for a long time, I did not want kids. And mm. so I didn't. And I can remember the day. I can remember where I was when I thought, I think I do. And that occurred to me at 35 years old. And before mm. that, like you said, I never had that drive. And if I didn't have that drive on that day, I would have happily had a, li uh, a life without them. We, we, we always get asked by friends, and my myself and my husband love this question, because people are like, can you even imagine your life without them? We're like, <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, we can. <laughs> I know exactly what it would look like. But I know the moment that I had that day, um, I could never get rid of that feeling, right? And there What was never that moment for you? 
So I'm gonna tell that story in just a second, but while we're on the topic of story, if you're stressed what to get loved ones for the holiday season, can I tell you a gift that was a huge hit in my family, StoryWorth. Our sponsor StoryWorth is an online service that helps you and your loved ones preserve precious memories in a stunning keepsake book. And here's how it works. Every week StoryWorth emails you, a relative, a friend, whoever, a thought-provoking question of your choice from their vast pool of possible options like, what's the bravest thing you've ever done? If you could see into the future, what would you want to find out? Then after one year, StoryWorth will compile the stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book. Now, you don't have to wait for the book to be done for the bonding to begin because as that person is writing their stories, you can read along, giving you ample opportunities to connect no matter how far apart the two of you are. And once the book is actually done, what an amazing gift for younger generations or what a beautiful way to start a family or friend book club. Go to storyworth.com slash lovers to get $10 off your first purchase. Once again, that's storyworth.com for $10 off your first purchase. I was sitting at my desk and I was working and I was like really just in such enjoyment and Jared and I have, we both worked from home. He's working at his office downstairs and I was like, he's doing what he loves. I'm doing what I love. We're both getting such great feedback from the work that we're doing. We have a beautiful community. We love the home that we're living in. Like we should share this. It was just that thought mm. of like, wow, like this life is fucking great. Life <laughs> is rad. Like this is amazing. Like, you know, when you try food and you're like, my friends should try this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like that. It was like, this life is amazing. Like people should enjoy this, but there's nobody unless I move my parents in and they would not, that wouldn't work well. But <laughs> there's no one you can really share your life with in that way Yeah. other than kids. But if I did not have that thought, um, yeah, that, that I would never have done it and i would have been amazing without them let's be clear about that right? <laughs> your mom would have been just fine without you uh, so i love the fact that you just because you didn't have that moment yeah. you didn't have the the drive so and that's a beautiful reason to say like there's so many other ways that i can still mother and father and that's mm-hmm. also a key component too because yeah. um after i had that thought of i wanted we tried to conceive and I wasn't able to for a mm. bit, which was great for me. When mm. I think back on that as somebody who didn't want to have kids, um, every time that we tried to conceive and it didn't work, I was reconfronted and I had the chance to re-answer yeah. the question. Yeah. Bitch, do you really want this? Because mm-hmm. you know what I mean? This isn't that easy. Yeah. So if you don't, it's kind of cool too. And my answer became a bigger yes each month. But um, I think that it's so important that also too, that conversation between the two of you is fluid through this. How did you guys and how often did you approach this conversation? Yeah, we we made it really intentional of like, okay, let's keep checking in about this and see how we feel. So we didn't have a specific timeline of how often we checked in, but I think we probably checked in like every year or so. And, and often like mm-hmm. when we were spending time with our friends and like, you know, seeing our friends all start to have kids and we'd go over and see the kids, you know, it was a natural like con- point of conversation. Like after you leave, like, so how are you feeling about this? <laughs> you know, you still don't want that. So yeah, we just really tried to keep the lines of communication open. And I think one thing that we did that I really appreciate that we did is we actually gave ourselves percentages. So we're like, what percentage of you wants to have kids right now? And so for most of the time, it was like 10%. And I think it was really important for us to like, to not see it as black and white, like either yes or no. Like there are time, you know, there's a little bit of me that's curious. And like, you know, Xander would hang out with one of our friend's kids who he has like a really sweet connection with and he'd come home and he'd be like, babe, I'm like 15, maybe 20, you know? So it's just like, it was a conversation, an ongoing conversation and 
being able to, to make the space for that like in between stage, I think that was really, really helpful for us. Yeah, because that way you're not turning it into an identity. Like, you know, hearing your mm -hmm. story is like, you know, if you are telling yourself, I don't want to have kids or like, I definitely do want to have kids, you're creating an identity for yourself. Like, oh, I am, you know, I am the person that is not going to have kids. So then it becomes really hard to take in potentially conflicting information if that feeling starts to change. I think so many people really struggle with that. Or, you know, for us, if we had just said 10 years ago when we first started talking about this, yeah, screw kids, we don't want to have kids, then, you know, it would be really hard to, to deal with, you know, that gray area and mm -hmm. the stuff that we feel, you know, when we do hang out with kids or, or whatever. And I think it's, it was so easy for us to kind of to jump to creating an identity around a preference or around a desire that then closes us off to so many, so many possibilities versus like, oh yeah, I'm a person right now that is not really feeling that desire to have kids. Cause like yeah. the outcome of that is the same as being like, I don't want to have kids versus I'm a, I'm just a person that is not sure. And right now leaning towards, towards this one. I love the percentage. Yeah. I think that that's <laughs> genius that everybody should adopt that. Yeah. Rather than really saying useful. yes or no, right? Like yeah. I think, and also too, like I've just been really into understanding self-love um, and sinking my teeth into that. And a thing I came across that I really resonated with is a big part of self-love is seeing yourself as negative, as aggressive, as destructive, and as mean. And I'm like, yeah, that is self-love because it's embracing mm -hmm. the potential of your humanity. And instead of saying like, I am mean or I am not mean or I am good and I'm not good. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, I'm 20% good. Yeah. Today, <laughs> yeah. right now, right? Maybe I'm 80% sometimes. <laughs> and that percentage gives you that flexibility to keep the mm -hmm. conversation open and to keep the potential open in your mind. Yeah, I think it's just finding that space in the middle. We we too often look at things in black and white and nothing in life is in black and white. So being able to find the middle. We both have the word and tattooed <laughs> on our bodies to like remind ourselves of the power of that word of like just being able to sit in multiple things being true at the same time. And I think another thing that we did that I really appreciate is we really made space for the grief of it too. And I think another thing that we did that I really appreciate is we really made space for the grief of it too. Like, of course, the most common question that comes up for people is like, well, what do you think you're going to regret it though? You know, and, and I always think like, it's important to me to acknowledge the grief that goes along with making this decision. Like I can picture so many beautiful moments with our children and there's a huge grief in that of like, I'm never going to be able to experience that. I'm never going to have that moment. But grief doesn't mean that we've made the wrong decision. Yeah. Like we can Ooh. allow ourselves to feel that Say grief. The people who broke up from that toxic boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> grief does not mean you made the wrong decision. Yeah. There's grief with any decision you make. You know, there's joy and there's grief in any decision. So being able to honor both of those has been really important and say like, yeah, we can feel sadness around this. We can feel grief about this potential other life that we can leave and still choose this path. And absolutely, we might regret this decision. Like, of course, you might regret any decision that you made. There's no way that you can uh -huh. ever make a decision and be like, I can say with 100% confidence that this is one, the right decision, and two, I will never regret it. Like, for the rest of my yeah, entire for, life. For the rest <laughs> of my entire life. And yet, so many of us do make decisions so that we don't have the possibility of confronting that potential future regret, which is 
kind of mind-boggling. And I think the percentage thing works for that great, too. Because mm-hmm. I definitely 15% regret having kids, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. There's a part of me that can't work the way that I used to, that there's dreams, there's time constraints yeah. that I have. It's just, it shifts everything. It, it shifts everything. But and then, there, there's grief in having kids, too. Yes. You know, and that's, that's, yes. in, that's so important to acknowledge and to realize, like, I think moms in particular really struggle to share that. So I'm so appreciative of you for just saying that openly. I think there's so much judgment of, like, oh, well, people are going to think I'm a bad mom or I don't love my kids. And it's like, no, no, no. That's just the reality of life. And it doesn't, that makes you a better mom to be able to acknowledge, like, yeah, there is some regret. There is some grief and I still choose this, yes. you know, and I still, I'm still showing up and loving you and being your mom every single day. Can I rapid fire question all the annoying things that you must hear? Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, what happens when you're old and someone has to take care of you? Okay. Kids are not a guarantee that anybody's going to take care of you. There are a lot of old people living in retirement homes where nobody comes to visit them. So I don't think, and I think that's like a weird reason to bring a life into the world. Like, okay, I'm going to bring you into the world, but you got to take care of me later. Like, it's just such a strange, especially like as a primary reason to decide to have kids. Very odd to me. So instead, I think of it as like, okay, I'm not going to have children of my own, but I still want to nurture relationships in my life. And I can have children in my life. Like, I'm going to be an aunt. You know, I can have my nieces and nephews and have those relationships and have community and have people surrounding me and make plans for when we get old and you know need to we're gonna need to take care of ourselves anyways if we had kids or if we didn't have kids so yeah plus we're you know saving the money that we would spend on the kids education (laughs) we're gonna be a a real nice retirement home (laughs) yeah we'll we'll find find the best possible place (laughs) for us (laughs) don't worry what if you get bored what are you going to do for the rest of your life if you're not going to look after kids travel, have this business together. And I mean, honestly, I look at a lot of like the time and energy that I have because we don't have kids, I get to pour back into our community. Like our work gives me so much like fulfillment and joy and just a sense of of like a legacy. Like I'm I'm leaving behind a legacy. And so being able to take that and say, I've got more energy that I can share with you guys, more resources that I can create, more courses that I can create, more books that I can write. Like, so I can do stuff with that energy. Yeah, I get so much out of just serving our community. And it, you know, and I also get to think about, you know, that I am creating a better world for so many other kids out there mm-hmm. by helping their parents have a happier and healthier sex life. And I think that's it that impacts your kids' development so much. It helps them see what a happy and healthy relationship looks like and grow up in a secure way. And, you know, I, I just love being able to help people feel closer and, you know, help their kids grow up in a better, in a better situation. And I get so much satisfaction out of that. And so it's just nice knowing that, yeah, okay, I'm not, I don't get to do that for my own kid or kids specifically, but I get to do that for so many others. Um, in a weird nerdy science way, you know, we're all born to survive, to thrive and to procreate. This is our conditioning in our program. It's so deeply ingrained in us that some of our fellow brother and sister species will mate and procreate knowing they're going to die immediately after. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you reconcile with that, that you're not fulfilling your 
living being duty <laughs> to copy yourself. <laughs> I do. I mean, I do feel the curiosity of like, can I just see what they would look like? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm real curious. For There's sure. probably a TikTok filter for that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure we can find that very easily. Um, but yeah, I, I think just a rational cognitive brain and being in tune with my emotions and processing it. It's like, okay, I don't, I don't need to follow the uh, biological animal instincts inside of me. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, maybe I just don't feel it very strongly. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I side like sidebar, but you know, I recently, like I recently did this sort of like genetic test where I, you know, I learned, I, you know, I have people, all people have like various genetic defects. So it's not like your genetic code is perfect. You have all kinds of random things that can go <laughs> wrong inside of your genes that can predispose you to all kinds of things. So who knows, maybe I just, you know, been missing, <laughs> missing that little gene. So I, I think, yeah, I, I just don't, I just don't really, I just don't really feel that. I know. I can't remember what spider it is where after the, maybe praying mantis after they have sex with their partner, they murder them. Oh yeah, I think and that, a praying mantis. And then I think that the men are still like, yeah, go, go, yeah. Do that. <laughs> so you're missing that code. <laughs> Hopping in because I want to tell you about our sponsor, ZogDoc. And unfortunately, that praying mantis story was the best leading I could find. So let's do it. Raise your hand if this sounds like you. You obsessively follow that health expert on TikTok. You take all the latest supplements your almond mom recommends. So let's keep it real. You are definitely open to taking health advice. But when is the last time that you got some life changing advice and counsel from an actual doctor? If you have to think about it, it's time to head to ZocDoc. ZocDoc is a free app where you can find amazing doctors and book appointments online. We're talking about booking appointments with thousands of top-rated patient reviews, doctors, and specialists. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, are located close to you, and treat almost any condition under the sun. There are thousands of top-rated doctors on ZocDoc. As somebody with two small kids, I'm on that app quite a bit because when we need care, we need it to be great and we need it to be now. And a lot of the doctors you find on ZocDoc are available within 24 to 48 hours. For example, last weekend, we had to go to both the doctor and the dentist for Zaya. So go to ZocDoc.com lovers and download the app for free. That is Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash lovers for the free app. And yes, because it's free, you could just get it from the app store. But when you go to that site, you show love to us. So that would be nice. What are you going to do with all of the, you know, those looks? Oh, those What looks. are you going to do with all the like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I won't lie. It's definitely challenging sometimes. Um, it hurts my feelings sometimes. So I just let myself sit with that and like sit with those feelings. Um, and I try to talk about this openly whenever we get the chance um, just to normalize it for other couples. I think, you know, we have a platform and we have this ability to like, you know, have these kinds of conversations. So I kind of look at it as like, let me try to help out other couples out there and like decrease the stigma overall so we can just recognize I mean at the end of the day it's just like everybody make the decision that's best for your life and we don't have to judge each other or you know anything like that like let's let's just let people be the experts and authorities in their own lives so in the moment it's just a little bit of like okay I'm gonna let myself be a little tender for a moment here but I think connecting to that higher purpose helps get me through it do you have a psychological reasoning why people give a fuck 
Like, why do they care if you have kids or not? Like, what is that? <laughs> I think we're all so worried about being judged ourselves. You know, it's it's hard to make life decisions. And we want other people to make the same decisions that we do so we can feel validated. Like, oh, I did the right thing. Okay, cool. Everybody else is doing it. It's that, you know, we're social creatures. We want that validation from the people around us. So I don't, and I honestly, I don't think people mean to be assholes about it. The vast majority of the time, I think it comes from like a defense reaction within them. And I do think a lot of, in particular, like a lot of parents think that people who choose to be child free are judging them of thinking like, ooh, you had kids? Like, ugh, your life must be pretty bad. Or like, why did you decide <laughs> to do that? And so I think like, you know, parents feel judged and they kind of lash out with that. So I think, and that's something that I make sure to say in the moment is like, yeah, I'm, I'm fully supporting everybody making their own decisions. I love kids. I think it's great to have kids. All of that, but just helping people recognize, like, yeah, let's just let's stop judging each other. I think this is why that percentage thing is so valuable. Is most most people don't think about like what percentage am I a yes or a no, and so many parents struggle with that ambiguity of like, how do I reconcile that there is this part of me that is looking for validation that does regret this decision some in some small way. And so instead of allowing yourself to acknowledge that, you know, it's, it's confronting then to see in someone else <laughs> that is chosen, you know, to, to fully honor that, that side of them. And, but so I think that, you know, what happens is you go, oh, well, you know, the only, the way for me to not have to acknowledge this weird ambiguity is I have to go all the way to the extreme and go, oh yeah, I'm so, I'm so happy. I can't imagine, in fact, I can't imagine any possible life without kids. And I can't imagine why anybody else would ever want that. And it's that sort of the, those are the lengths that we'll go to, to avoid those, you know, that gray area, that and inside of us. I think that's such an easy link too, back to monogamy versus non-monogamy. Mm -hmm. When people meet non-monogamous couples, like I can't even imagine yeah. seeing yeah. anybody else and thinking they're attractive. I can't let myself yeah. imagine. That's what that means, yeah. right? But I'm also yeah. a little intrigued. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I can't have that thought. Stop it! Stop it! Um, I think exactly. that that's pretty funny in that way. Who uh, mourned the hardest at this decision? Who uh, mourned the hardest at this decision? Was it? Either one of you in the relationship was it a grandparent? I think it was your parents. Yeah, I was going to say that. Parents. I was going to say that. Yeah, it's funny because I, when we first started talking about this, we kind of were like, okay, well, who who's going to take this news the hardest? And I was like, oh, my parents aren't going to care at all because I had I had never heard my parents express like, oh, I we can't wait to be grandparents. We can't wait for you to have kids. And I was like, oh, they they must not care. And I don't know why they never expressed that, but as soon as we shared that, they they definitely did express some feelings about it. And and that was hard at first. That was definitely hard at first. You know, fortunately, we had had a lot of time, Vanessa and I, to just talk about it and feel into it and feel confident in, you know, this is where we're going. Also, I was really clear with them, hey, this isn't a permanent decision. This isn't a firm decision, you know, 10 years ago when we started sharing this. You know, okay, now I have the vasectomy. It's definitely <laughs> a firm decision. But yeah, actually, my mom and I had a really healthy conversation when I told her I was getting a, a vasectomy of, you know, where she was able to express like, she's like, yeah, you know, I, I knew this day was going to eventually come. And, you know, and of course, like, I do feel some sadness around that. And I was able to just be like, you know, fortunately, she she centered that sadness on her, like, she felt the sadness, not like, like, 
Yeah, like, she explicitly you know, said, she this, explicitly is said sadness, this is my sadness, This yours. is me, this is not you. Um, and, you know, and I was able to honor that and say, yeah, I, I totally get that, mom. Like, I, I totally understand that you're sad. And, and, you know, it would be weird if you weren't sad. Um, and, you know, I appreciated her being able to share that with me. Um, so, yeah, that it, that was a surprise that that they felt you know, more strongly than I expected. I guess it shouldn't really be a surprise. You know, who doesn't want to be a grandparent if you, if you are a parent? So, but yeah. It's I don't a, know. Maybe there are some people out there. <laughs> I think it's beautiful that you can separate that and say like, yeah, like you can be sad for you, um, mm-hmm. but this is about me. Yeah. This is about our life. And yeah. I can accept your feelings while you can also validate mine. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I want to say in closing, if you stumbled upon this podcast five years ago where you were 15% or 17 um, <laughs> and you were still looking to put that zero, to put that period on the sentence, because, I mean, even though you got a vasectomy, one, they're reversible, yeah. and two, yeah. you're saying no to having your own biological kids. There's still an option for you if in 20 years you decide to want to extend your family and adopt or mm-hmm. if you have a, a family member who you want to invite in that way. So there's always options to, to parent. And I, I don't think that mothering for me is limited to my children. Mm-hmm. I think I mother lots of things in my life and lots yeah. of people. That to be said, for the sake of a discussion point, we're saying 0% right now. Uh-huh. We're saying there's a period on this sentence, we're not going to have any more kids. So you've now gotten here to speak to the person who was five years past from you who stumbles in this podcast. What would be the thing that you would want them to say? What would be the thing, the permission, the advice, the anecdote that you would want them to say because if you feel it inside of you, but nobody else has said it yet? I would really want to say, like, it's an option. You get to make a choice here. I think that was something for so long I didn't even consider that I had a choice, which is mind-boggling because this is one of, like, the most impactful decisions that we make in our entire lives, probably the single most impactful decision you make. So I think just being able to say to that younger part of my, that younger version of myself, like, this is a choice and you get to make it. I think that would be really healing. Yeah. And I would just say, like, listen, honor your intuition. You know, it's, 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 it's your decision. It's not other people's decision. And just, yeah, feel into what feels right for you. And also, you know, accept the fact that you can't know 5, 10, 15, 20 years how you're going to feel. Mm-hmm. You know, you can... You can try, but you're not. I mean, I feel differently about things than I felt five or 10 years ago that I thought I would be sure about. So the best you can do is just go with how you're feeling right now. I think that's beautiful advice. And you guys have a book and courses and so many more places people can get your advice from. Share all the here's what's next. So you can find us most easily on Instagram. We're at Vanessa and Xander, and we have information about all of our stuff there. Um, Our book is Sex Talks. You can find it at sextalksbook.com. It's the five conversations that we think will transform any couple's love life. Um, You can also find that on Instagram as well. And then our website is vmtherapy.com. It's my initials, vmtherapy.com. We have all sorts of guides, courses, and resources. One of our favorite things to do is just break down all the stuff about sex and relationships that we feel like we're supposed to know, but we're secretly like where did I ever where did I ever actually learn this um so we have guides that like really walk you through like 
foreplay, how to have intercourse. We have sex challenges and emotional intimacy challenges for couples. So we have a lot of great stuff to just help help couples keep the spark alive in their long-term relationships. Shout out to Vanessa and Xander for just a really lovely conversation. Just start a dialogue of your own with them. All you have to do is go to their website. Speaking of checking out, we're checking out of this episode. And before we go, can I give you a preview of next week's episode? Thank you for that. If you like that thing, like it. It's cool. It's fine. I mean, the nobody's judging you part is a lie. That's fair. You're not judging. Uh, Yeah. We just need more of you. I'll take it. (laughs) I'll take that. What kind of relationships excite you moving forward? And how are you building those kinds of relationships? Romantically or just in friendship? Romantically. Sexually, um, romantically. I, de- I still am highly attracted to femme presenting people. Um, but people where duality really exists, they understand like them. They're, they're trying to understand themselves in fullness, you know, and they're trying to heal in fullness the masculine parts of themselves, the feminine parts of themselves or whatever they've been taught more queer people. Um, it's interesting. I've had more of an affinity for non-binary people identifying. And I'm like, where is this coming? What's going on? You know? Um, but moving forward, I think people that are committed to like deconstructing whatever you've been taught. If I'm even meeting a femme presenting person that's like, you're just a little too feminine. I'm like, okay, well, we're just not probably going to work. Do people say that? I've definitely had some people say, like, you're just a little... Just kind of feminine. And I'm like, yeah, I, I guess I am. Whatever that means, I guess so. Do you mean that I'm softer? Do you mean I'm more gentle? And and what is wrong with that? I, I can be all of those things and still protect you. So, like, what is it that you actually mean? What's your relationship to that? Um, if I have actual interest in somebody, I'll ask those questions. But if I don't, then I'm just kind of like, it's okay. Like, you can believe, you can feel however you want to feel, and we can choose to disagree on this I don't need to make you I'm not in the business of convincing someone to like accept all parts of me lovers and friends friends. I'ma take you on a trip baby I don't pretend I said lovers and friends Uh, I'ma hold you down down to the end I said lovers and friends Uh, lovers and friends I said lovers and friends I'ma hold you down, down to the end. I said, I'ma wax that, I'ma tax that, bring it back so you can mac that, pack that. Where you going? Press play, podcast streaming, got you going all day, talking about the good, good. Girl, you know you look good, sex, bringing sex, feeling understood. Yeah, you finding out he no good. But if you listen, pay attention, you gon' find out how to make a miss it. Got a ticket, baby, you just lovers and friends. Lovers and friends.